Hi ho there, it's me, Jordan Peterson, just walking down this down the streets of Gotham City here. It's a beautiful day, or evening really. The sun's about to set. Oh, let's just go down this dark alley here, and oh dear! Oh God! Batman, why are you beating me up? I know it's you, Two-Face. You can't hide, even with that plastic surgery you've got to your face and the hair plugs no batman i'm not two-face i'm just poor sweet jordan peterson jordan b peterson the psychologist oh oh i see oh why are you still beating me batman in gotham city we respect people's pronouns Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Ruben Uncut. Today on Ruben Uncut, I figured it was time I looked back in on Jordan Peterson. Why? Because uh, whenever I do anything about Jordan Peterson, my can- my Canadian listenership goes up. That's why. <laughs> Gotta bring in them Canadians. All right. But if we're here today uh, to check that out. Now, I have not, I have not pre-watched this video. There are going to be some who say, oh, I should have pre-watched it. But that's, that's not really what I do. <clears throat> I mean, sometimes I've seen videos before I break them down but today we're gonna be doing this and uh i was like let's check it back in on him and i went to look at his youtube channel and it turns out he also does incredibly long podcasts they're like two hours long where he talks to people and my immediate thought on that was fuck that not only that but he has like experts on who are probably questionable but i probably don't know enough to stop them so i did manage to find a video though called Jordan Peterson and the nobility of the working class. Now, I have no problem with the title. I do actually think the working class is a pretty noble section. Although the working class is a nice way to say um, lower classes of society, because that's who we define as the working class, by the way. Those people who really have to get a real job, if you will, as opposed to you know people who work in offices, which, by the way, is still working. And in fairness, some people who work in offices are paid working class wages, but it's still considered if you're in an office, it's still considered white collar, which has, once again, more to do with class than actually how much money you make in this situation. Things that's really characteristic of working class jobs, I think, much more so than more intellectually complicated, abstract jobs. Okay, so he's just he's defining it as a mental difference between working class and non-working class jobs, which is a little bit dishonest because there are still management positions and you know like positions that are working class that require some type of abstract thought. You, one of the things you you have to be you have to be a, a good person to be around to do well at a working class job. Because the jobs themselves are quite difficult. They're physically strenuous. They're demanding. And the- At least that's honest. At least that's honest. I do want to point out that this is him in his two-face outfit, 
uh, his his Batman villain costume setup. I don't know where he's going with this, uh, to be honest with the costumes. I mean, kind of like it. Not the costumes, not the outfits themselves, but how weird he's getting with it. And I don't know if that's just because he suddenly has like daily wire money to spend. Or if, you know, like this is Jordan Peterson's natural effeminate side just coming through in costume play. Um, that being said, uh, every one of his costumes does make him look like some type of Batman villain. I don't know if that's on purpose, uh, but it is ridiculous. Payoff for that in part is that is can be the camaraderie that emerges as a consequence of the shared enterprise. And that can make those jobs extremely worthwhile. You can make very, very good friends in a, you know. Okay. This accusation, this statement right here. Of making very good friends, uh, it, it technically true. However, I've never been in a blue collar endeavor where <clears throat> where the camaraderie was actually connected to the job. I mean, it was in a way because that's where we met and that's where we bonded. But like the the work job where I can think of having the most work friends was a cafeteria. So, like, it, our connection and bond there has nothing to do with the actual work we're doing other than the fact that we just happen to be there. In a working-class environment, and it's also very frequently the case that those working-class environments are characterized by an extremely high level of sophisticated humor. Is that they run on, like, derisive play. And it's one of the things I really... Okay, what he's about to do, what he's describing now is the toxic masculine work environment of blue collar shit i hate it hate it i mean i can deal with a little bit of it but honestly it's like that shit from the office with jim fuck that shit if i worked with a jim i would probably give him nothing like i'd probably be like uh-huh you think that's hilarious to mess with your neurodiverse fellow employee over there dwight i think that's funny you fucking neurotypical dickhead. Yeah, no, I fucking hate Jim from The Office. Hate him. Not likable guy. Piece of shit. John Krasinski, not much better. Having a kind of dark fun, and everyone was participating in that, and it was certainly the case. I had a lot of working class jobs from the time I was 14 to the time I was about 25, I would say. It was definitely the case that that ethos of a new global. Oh, get the get the fuck out of here. I worked at this railway crew in northern Saskatchewan in the summer one year. And uh, I don't. OK, I'm very interested to see how he ties this in to nobility. Like what he's literally describing is a type of bonding that occurs because I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's 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 a thing. It's real. And I it pisses me off. Like I hate bonding with people the way that he is describing. I, I'm not that kind of dude. I'm just not. And like people just like constantly fucking with you. It's annoying as shit. It's not like I don't. I don't know if it's because of my weird relationship with sarcasm. If I like, if I didn't study theater, I don't know how I would respond to sarcasm right now. Uh, I just don't, <laughs> uh, because I barely know how to respond to sarcasm now. And this, so this shit is fucking annoying. Uh, 
Yeah, no, I mean, like, okay, so when I worked in the cafeteria, I had one friend who would always make these weird jokes to me. And, like, there was a part of me that understood that this was an attempt to, like, bond with me. And, like, and, like I was okay with some of it. Like, it started off, like, uh, during, like, a summer intake thing where we had to come in early before the school opened and like clean stuff up or get stuff set up. Uh, me and him both fell asleep on a couch and he made a lot of gay jokes about it. Like, Oh yeah. Me and Ruben fell asleep together on the couch or something. I, 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 and like, like we just happened to be on the same couch when we were tired. Uh, and, and it just, and I was fine with that joke. I'm like, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm very, I'm very secure in my sexuality. I don't need, I don't need to be bothered by that. <clears throat> um, he did, but he also, his other running gag with me was he would joke off that I was jerking off to hol to the Holocaust videos. And like, I, it was, it, it, it was college edgy humor was everywhere. Uh, so I like just, I didn't think too much about it other than my, other than the the cognitive understanding that like it was a super offensive joke at my expense um and and i also didn't like i'm not gonna lie i look back on it now and as an as a as a more aware adult there's a part of me that's like that was a sus that was sus as fuck sus as fuck suspect it's very suspect but like but like I went along with it because, you know, it's a work friend. You want to you want to have a bond because it makes work not suck. Um, And I and he and he didn't cross any of my personal boundaries. Um, In hindsight, if someone started trying to if someone nowadays started trying to get that running gag going with me, I'd probably be like, man, the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, but. But back then in college, I was like, I, I, I was I was watching South Park and the whitest kids, you know, and it was a different time. We were more my generation of millennials was more desensitized to absurdly offensive humor. Um, we I personally, when I saw offensive humor, would normally get the joke. The joke is it is terrible. And a lot of humor is written from that perspective because the joke is making fun of the thing that's terrible. Uh, not everyone understands that about jokes. And unfortunately, you know, the, that's on the pro and con side to those types of jokes. Some people are too sensitive about them and other people take them seriously and think it's funny because it's true. But that's not entirely the joke that's happening there. I've, I'm sorry, I've gone off on a tangent here. My point is, is that like, I've had a lot of friends, but honestly, I always feel closer to people who aren't always fucking with me. I I mean, no offense to that friend, still a friend uh, as an adult, but but like he, I don't. If we didn't have a a, a love of South Park together, I don't I don't know how well that friendship would have gone based off that initial like hot bonding situation. <laughs> Also, he didn't. Did he open? When did he bring in the Holocaust jokes? I I don't remember. This shit was fucked up. But uh, but yeah, so suspect. I should confront him as an adult. Nah, I don't want to. Uh, 
I don't talk to him that much. Uh, I hope he's doing okay. I hope he's not as suspect as certain things make me think are questionable. Um, anyways, I just, I don't appreciate, so far, I'm very curious how he's going to tie this into nobility. Because honestly, I just think of that as toxic, obnoxious behavior. And I mean, there's a part of me that also considers that maybe I'm the weirdo because everybody fucking does this. Like it, some days it, it wakes up and it feels like this is just the normal range of humor for people is to just fuck with each other. And I don't get it. I mean, like sometimes I have noticed that there are very specific people and personality types that do trigger something in me that bring out a more aggressive I'm fucking with you attitude towards them and I, I actually have no explanation for it I can think of several key people in my mind who bring who like bring this part out of me that is contradictory to my own level of emotional intelligence I don't understand it um I, I also, I try with friends who it's important to them that I fuck with them. I try. And sometimes, and, and over time, I get comfortable with fucking with those people. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, maybe I am the weirdo because I don't like being fucked with. Um, let's see. Let's, I still don't know how, I don't know how he's going to tie this into nobility. But it'll probably piss me off. It was a family called Peanut Pounder. I think that was my job. I had to have this thing that looked like a <laughs> peanut pounder. Tin can on the end of a stick. I pulled this machine that went down the tracks and laid down the plates that rails fit in, and there'd be a hole that was drilled into the plate, and then. These things called peanuts held the plate in place so that someone could come along and then spike the plate into place. And the guy in front of me would draw up this little wooden uh, dowel, kind of looked like a peanut, hence the name, into the hole to hold the plate. So then I would whack it with this red can on the end of a stick, and that's what I did all day. It was just this, for like 16 hours out in the hot sun. And uh, I did that for months. And it was an interesting place to to begin working at i read about this a bit in beyond order i believe it's in beyond order um, i just want to say beyond order sounds like a super villain's memoir like let's be honest beyond order it sounds okay so actually it sounds like when there's a super villain i mean a superhero who like retires and then writes about the time he fucking murdered a human being with his superpowers like that's what it sounds like there was an initiation ceremony that went along with the with the uh, with the job. So, okay, I understand communally the ne the necessities of the necessities of uh, these types of social rituals. But I will say, the one positive I will say to obnoxious corporate culture is that at some point someone realized, oh, we could just. They're the same thing as icebreakers, except icebreakers aren't degrading. Icebreakers are just the same thing as hazing or initiation rituals, but in a non-degrading manner. That's what they are. And they might be boring, but at least, you know, they're not 
degrading as shit. When I first showed up at the You know, places that are swamped with toxic masculinity. If you were new, and they gave you a rough time. So everybody who came on board and the crew got a stupid nickname. Um, mine was Howdy Doody, which was this. Hell yeah. <clears throat> Wait, is he about to explain who Howdy Doody is? All right, he did it so for me, so I didn't have to uh, explain it. Nice. Uh, Howdy Doody was dressed like a cowboy. He was on TV. A lot of kids shows used to do like puppets back in the day. I asked one guy why he called me Howdy Doody. He said, because you look nothing like him, which <laughs> I thought was an extremely witty answer. You know, very. I, it sounds like he was being sarcastic. I don't know if this, I don't know if. Jordan Peterson was at any point a ginger before his hair color changed and he got hair implants. Uh, but I, he doesn't look unlike Howdy Doody. Uh, he, he's, he looks, he, he looks lanky like a puppet. He's got that sort of puppety face, but in fairness, he, he does I don't see any freckles and his hair's not red. Very funny answer. And anyways, it was a bit of a derogatory nickname and, uh, Although, what I was going to say, he might be about to explain it, but like the first thought there is, is it a derogatory nickname entirely? I mean, what are you, what are you getting out of that exactly? Um, Like if it's because you look nothing like Howdy Doody, then like normally the being mean to you would be the, because you look like Howdy Doody would be a more mean reason that would be more derogatory in a way. You know, maybe he'll explain it. Okay. What? Uh, so what I'm getting here is that if I, if I did it in the right way, I could bond with Jordan Peterson while being an absolute ass to him if this i could literally jordan peterson is a bitch jordan peterson is a bitch now i'll be clear i don't i wouldn't fight a peep i wouldn't fight anybody over howdy duty as a as a nickname uh because it's it's not bad enough to make it worth the effort because the problem with fighting a nickname too much is that's when people really want to stick it on you. If you react too big to the nickname, then suddenly it just never goes away. <sighs> Frankly, fuck nicknames. I've never had, no one has ever given me a good nickname. And I'm not just saying that because 90% of everyone goes, has just, I have had three nicknames and I will go in order of most offensive to me to least offensive to me. F nickname. Actually, wait, no four nicknames. Sorry. First nickname, most offensive to me. 
anything related to sandwiches. This is more of a broad category, but it, the, the the annoying thing about the sandwich one is that the connect a the connection is obvious. It's super obvious. So that eventually you get to a certain point in your life and you've heard the joke so many times where like just any humor or meaning has been just scraped out of it. And and it's annoying because dumbass non-comedians and actually sometimes comedians will always reach for that most obvious straw to pull. This fucking sandwiches. God damn. Hate it. Second most offensive name to me. Rube. In college, a friend of mine who's dick, but I love him, started calling me Rube or Rubes. He tried to get it to go to rubs. And I had to put my foot down on rubs. And also, no one else liked. Fortunately, I don't know if it was the putting my foot down and be like, I'm not going to fucking respond to rubs. Or if it was the... Or if it was the fact that everyone else clicked onto rubes instead of rubs, I don't know. Either way, I wasn't standing for rubs. Rube or rubes, still hate it. Still hate it. And like I kept being like everybody, I don't want to be called rubes. A rube is not a good thing to be. A rube, that's like carny talk for a sucker. It's like that's a gullible person. Fuck that and fuck you. I know that's not why you're calling me that. I know you're calling me that because my name, because it's literally just my name with the end taken off the end, which. Ugh. But like, but fuck you. And like, I don't get mean about it because like, I don't get mean about it to a certain extent because I can't get fucking mean about it because fucking it's the second most common thing to the fucking sandwich thing now the other nickname i have i have i have been given at various points is ruru and you know what fuck it ruru is better than those other names i don't care that it makes me sound like a teddy bear i you know what fuck that i'm fine with being a teddy bear ladies love the telly the teddy bears Okay. Maybe I even spell it Teddy with an I. And then all the all the non-gender, all the non-binary babes will love that teddy bear too. I don't know if that joke works. Let me know on let me know. Non-binary people, please let me know on the Spotify questions if that joke works or not. Uh fuck. Uh where was I? Like, I don't mind Ruru. Uh, I mean, I, I prefer my real name, to be honest. But Ruru, I could, acceptable. Acceptable. Way better than those other two fucking names. Or category of names. Not everyone calls with the same thing attached to the word sandwich. <sighs> I've heard all the sandwich jokes, people. It's like, it's like telling a hot, a hot person that they're hot to try and get them to notice you. Everyone fucking tells the hot person they're hot, you dumbasses. You got to think of something that's not directly their hotness. Uh, and, and if they are upset that you chose something, okay, if, it, if, 
They'll either be impressed to hear something they don't just hear from everyone trying to sleep with them. Or if they're like, oh, why'd you pick that instead of my hotness? You know they're a narcissist and you can move on. So it got shortened eventually to Howdy, which was a lot better because there was kind of a cub. That is better. As as someone who's constantly posturing for masculinity, I am not surprised that Jordan Peterson was excited to get a name that had a cowboy chic type of thing to it. In fairness, Howdy Doody was a cowboy puppet. Although, it's worth noting that that's also probably a manufactured cowboy chic. Like, do you think people back then actually said howdy, or is that a thing we got from movies? You know, like how pirates now all talk as if they have a slightly bastardized Scottish accent because in really old, uh, because that was the voice that was given to Long John Silver in a bunch of movies and TV and TV movies. Maybe. Army matey. It's a fucked up Scottish accent. It's a Scottish accent that someone took and they were like, ah, we're fiddling with it. So <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know if it's a real thing, but not all pirates actually talk like that. That just the way Long John Silver talked. And, uh, but there was this period where you got ribbed a lot. Collapse under the weight of the teasing. Then, and you did your damn job. And, you know, you're reasonably entertaining to be around. Then doors opened and you were now part of the crew. He just pro, this is a pro hazing video. He is being pro hazing. Like I said, there's other ways to bond. You can do icebreakers or play board games. You don't need to be a professional piece of shit to each other. I don't know. Maybe I'm the lunatic. There's one guy there. Lunchbucket was his name. That was his nickname. <laughs> Lunchbucket. He showed up on the crew with a lunch. <laughs> Fucking dickhead. And that was a bad idea. It's obvious that his mom had packed it, and you don't want to say you want to show up to a work crew of ex-cons with a lunch bucket that your mom packed. He is unironically defending. Uh, he's unironically defending uh, toxic masculinity with this. This is this is nothing. Not all working class people have been to prison. I just want to point that out that I, I, I understand that his example just features a lot of people that come from prison. I'm saying I don't know if it's a great example because that's not necessarily analogous to every working class people person and people who've been to prison, maybe working class, but they're going to have been shaped very, very differently than than other fucking working class people. <sighs> Fuck, I'm sorry. The sound in the first four minutes of that video is going to be shit because I forgot to turn on an important thing, but I fixed it now. So you should hear it better. Bad look. And so he was called Lunch Bucket from day one. And he was a pretty touchy guy and pretty narcissistic. And people didn't. Okay. So I'm worried that Jordan Peterson is associating all sensitivity with narcissism. And I don't think that's a healthy association. I think it's okay for people to be sensitive. I think the idea that, I mean, obviously you, you still want to be like 
you don't want to be so sensitive that you're easily spun into not into like a very like destructive state. You, you don't want to be that sensitive, but like the idea that it, it really feels like he's painting sensitivity into narcissism. And I fucking don't like that. That seems like a problem. I didn't like him very much. And he was tested a lot. And the testing started out with people just throwing pebbles at him. So, so right there. You can't call it testing. You can't call it testing because we get the results the first time. Like after that, what are we testing for? Like, you, you know he's sensitive. You're going to know he's sensitive right away. With the, it, it, Why would you need more tests? It's like saying, hey, if we light this bomb, will it go off? Yeah, test it. He was, the crew would stretch out about a quarter of a mile across the... Jordan Peterson is unironically wet. What causes school shootings is what I'm hearing here. A line as we were working on the track. I'm sorry, that's actually not fair. The behavior that he's defending is probably what causes school shootings. And lunch bucket would be doing whatever job he had, and the the game was to see if you could bounce a pebble off lunch bucket's helmet, and so he'd be working, and these pebbles would be flying up. He is literally laughing at throwing tiny stones at a person. It's it's absurd. It's it's a dick move. And it's also a neurotypical move to just expect other people to automatically understand how they should respond to your abuse. Fuck you. Out of God only knows where, because people didn't make it obvious. And, you know, it was a, it was a, a score for your mates if you bounced a pebble off Lunch Bucket's helmet. And he did not take to that well. And- No shit. You know why the audience laughs? Because no shit. <laughs> the pebbles got larger as the days progressed. And that's, I understand he's a helmet, but come on. Fuck you. And eventually he was driven off. And it was because he didn't subjugate himself properly to the multi dimensional discipline of the crew. You know, because he wasn't. Because he wouldn't get on board with our systematic abuse. He wasn't a good guy to have around. He couldn't take a ribbing. He didn't have a sense of humor. He wasn't able to contribute to the game that was being played socially. Well, these men. Fuck you. We're doing what was pretty tedious and difficult work. Did anyone ever take him aside and be like, hey, man, do you, do you understand that this is an attempt to bond with you and be friendly? Because like. The cognitive awareness of that has made me try my whole fucking life, okay, to get on board with it. I, I know that it's important and that people bond this way and that they feel friendships this way and that it connects them in some way. And I can't just feel that. I'm sorry that I can't just feel that. I can't, I can't just... I try, I will, I, I can try to be in a situation with you and pretend like the thing that you're trying to do to bring us closer together doesn't make me feel like I'm farther away from you. But I do feel farther away from you. I feel pushed away by this type of behavior because it's not a behavior I give a shit about. And it's a problem for me because I am reactive. It wasn't until like I was near like the second to last year in college where I where like a person literally said it to me.
that like the reason people do it is because you react to it. And I did. And as an adult, I became less and less reactive to it. To where I would only, I would either try to control my reaction and in best case scenarios, only get given any type of affirming reaction if it was A, a person that I liked and B, and B was behavior I could tolerate to an extent. Like I was, I was in an improv group in Cleveland uh, that I'm, I'm not going to say the name of, um, but, uh, but it, it was a very, the culture and the energy uh, was toxically bro-ish. And like, there was a whole attitude. Like when I got there, people used to do nut slaps. And like, the thing is, if you, I, I will not stand for that. Ain't nobody, like I made sure to always position myself socially in a way that people knew that I wasn't going to fucking stand for getting slapped in the dick. I wouldn't make a big deal. I was I never made a big deal about it, but I made it clear. And if I felt like it was coming, bam, I'd block it. And they would not appreciate that because I took, because I'm a fucking black belt and I'm not trying to hurt anybody. But if you, if you try to hit me in the dick and I block you, it's not going to be comfortable for you because your force is going to get stopped and you're going to feel that. Like we were literally out in the hot sun for 16 hours at a stretch and it was rather mind numbing work and somewhat physically demanding. Prison culture is about domination. Like that's why it's weird to me that he would even like, can he not connect the dots with the fact of in his own words, they had been in prison and, and prison culture is very hierarchical and there is very like it is very survival of the fittest might makes right type of mentality. And he's fucking channeling this type of a downward hierarchical abuse into he's trying to make it sound positive. The, the peanut pounding wasn't particularly difficult, but the the state, the spike pounding was and and you need some camaraderie in those positions so that your life is rendered maybe not just tolerable, but even enjoyable. In okay, I'll give him that one. I'm going to give him that one. But my problem is, is that I would not feel camaraderie with those people. Nothing that you're describing is camaraderie to me. That's just people sucking. That's just like garbage ass people. Like, that's what I'm hearing. That I'm just hearing a lot about people who I was like, who I wouldn't want to work with, who I wouldn't want to deal with, who I just flat out wouldn't like. Now, that's not entirely fair. These concepts are currently devoid of context. It's possible that if I met the people in the crew, I might like one or two of them enough to let them, let them have that interaction with me. Although I'm not gonna lie, it might depend on what the te their initial te how, what their initial test of me is, and how it goes. In, in principle, and so you're playing a multi-dimensional game. And if you're willing to subjugate yourself to that discipline, then you learn how to play that game. And if you get good at that, then that's a portable skill. Will the lack of a red wave during the midterms lead to more? <sighs> it is a skill to take abuse. I.
guess? Reckless spending by a more emboldened administration, oh. higher taxes, deeper inflation. If you are unsure how the next two years will unfold. He's shilling gold. Why? Why are conservatives so predictable? And so you might ask yourself, well, what are you doing when you when you work as hard as you possibly can on at least one thing is that you're 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 molding yourself into someone who can aim at something and move forward with efficiency and skill and maybe if you're doing that extraordinarily well you're not only molding yourself into someone who can aim so here's the thing <clears throat> my father was a messing with you kind of person my father was a messing with you kind of person is a messing with you kind of person So I grew up with someone messing with me. And the thing about people who are messing with you kind of people is that they're either doing it as a learned behavior or they lack severe self-awareness. I mean, I'm not going to get into the wild inconsistencies in my father's personalities and personality and beliefs <clears throat> and how they connect to how annoying I find it when he messes with me. <clears throat> is this possibly relate now the question is are my problems with my father because he messed with me or are my problems with my father because he was a messing with you kind of person and could never learn to stop fucking messing with me that sounded overly aggressive me and my father have a fine relationship now that we don't live together love you dad no, I really do. That that sounded more sarcastic than it was supposed to. I really do love my dad. I just, you know, I prefer him in small doses. I prefer to microdose my father. That's what I'm saying. Like I prefer to microdose my experiences with my father. That's because I love him, and I got to put up with some of his messing with me. Uh, and I just hit my limits with him very fast. <clears throat> But I do love him. But my point is, is it did did my father traumatize me into not being able to respond to this type of behavior? Or was I always going to feel this way about this type of behavior and the conflict came from that away? I don't know. I don't know. I actually don't know if I it'd be possible for me to remember the key incident of having my father in my life that jump started the moment or if it started be off from my end of not being able to understand what he was doing hard to say chicken or the egg which one came first aim at something and move towards it with efficiency and skill but you can do that at the same time that you're helping other people around you do that right so you can think about this imagine you're a good athlete on a team and you might say, well, what does it mean to be a good athlete? And you might say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a soccer player, a football player, and I'm, I'm great at, at uh, I'm a top scorer. And you might say, well, that's enough to make you a great athlete. And the truth is that's actually not enough to make you a great athlete because you need to have the skill, whatever the skill might be. And high-level skill is, of course, extremely desirable in relationship to the goal. But you also have to be um, a... A good let's say a good sport and 
That's a rather trivial description. Okay. Okay. I think I see where he's going with this. And if he is going with there, where I think he's going with this, I just want to say that last statement right there about being a good sport. Being so, like, in my mind, they're not being good sports. If that's how you bond with people, you're not a good sport. If you do a sport and and the other guy wins and then he's a dick about it, you're that's still not being a good sport. Like he's literally he's he's prescribing being a good sport specifically to the victim position. He is ascribing it to the victim position. Only the victim has to be a good sport because well, you know the world's full of assholes. Yeah, but like, why? Why should we incentivize asshole behavior? Like, that's that's the thing. Because, like, literally, this commercial, and I wasn't gonna keep it in, and what it what there was of it before in the editing, but maybe now I will. Wait, did I get any of that on on video? I I may not have. But there was a commercial before this where it was taught where it was it was some guy talking about how you got to stand up to woke revolutions, uh, which is funny because like, I think that being a dick to people as a social development, I kind of want to stand up to that. I kind of feel like, you know, maybe the world would be a better place if people didn't fuck with each other, you know? Like, aren't you, like, if you're a libertarian, that's supposed to be your whole political fucking belief system. And yet libertarians think it's hilarious to fuck with people. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. Uh, Like, making fun of celebrities and concepts and ideas, I think that's cool as shit. But, like, fucking with individuals who, I mean, sometimes... Like famous individuals need some public pressure because they have power. Like that's actually why people who have power and money need a certain level of social pressure. Okay. I'm sorry, but if you're at the top, you should be having some fucking social pressure on you because you are wielding influence like any politician. And the thing about politicians is we all know who the politicians are. We don't all know who the billionaires are for something that's actually quite a profound moral i should say we don't know who all the billionaires are like we know who some of them are accomplishment so if you're not only a highly skilled athlete in the technical sense but you're a good sport it means that while you practice your skill whatever that is you also elevate the ability of all your teammates to 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 make their skill manifest and also to improve their skill and you do that simultaneously Right. And that's that's a high level of athletic ethos is your your good. I, I can't. Did he I can't tell if he is taking this in a wildly different direction than I expected or if he has lost his own train of thought here. Athlete and you're a good team player and the and the union of those two things might make you something approximating a good person. The thing is, I'm a really good team player, actually. I just fucking don't like people. Person. And that's transportable. I think part of the reason that we admire sports heroes when they're sports heroes in the truest sense is because if they are... The, the reason I'm confused is because 
what he's saying is not the definition of good sportsmanship. I'm uh, almost 100% certain. Like being a good sport typically refers to your behavior as an athlete. And like you the point a good sport is someone who's not a dick to the team that lost. So I don't I mean you can you can be a bad sport and failure in 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 losing too. I'm not like good sportsmanship de- is about how honorable you are in what you are doing. Uh, I just, fuck. What the fuck? Ritual. I'll try to my one fan who says that I swear too much. Look, I can't promise you anything, but I, I will try to swear a little bit less. Okay. But you know, Jordan Peterson, he just, he brings it the F out of you. You know what I'm saying? If you don't know me in real life, you've probably picked up at some point that my accent is what the accent of my normal voice is wildly all over the place. Models of emulation in relationship to the development of high level skill, and they're also admirable team players in the highest sense, then they actually are. Okay, he mentioned the the honorable sense part, but he seems to it. I don't know. I feel like it's a footnote to the other point something approximating admirable citizens in the truest sense and if they have the honorable thing that pattern of skilled productive generous cooperation is actually a model that you can extract out of most you can do without abuse you can build that without abuse you can build friendships without being a dick people don't like it because being a dick being a dick is a defense mechanism. When you're being a dick, you already have the shields up. And you're trying to force other people to lower theirs. Okay? Being a dick sucks. And I say that as a person who's just kind of a dick. I, and I'm not trying to be is the thing. I just... Sometimes I take the joke too far. Which is the other reason I hate it is because... I feel like I take it too far. I don't know. Multiple games, and it's a good model to emulate. And that's something that isn't arbitrary, by the way. And so that's, that also. I feel like I missed what part he said wasn't arbitrary. Hold on. In the truest sense, and that pattern of skilled, productive, generous cooperation is actually a model that you can extract out of multiple games and it's a good model to emulate and that's something that isn't arbitrary by the way and so that i did he just i mean did he just what did he even just fucking say like is he like it sounded like what he just said is it is a fact that you should learn from models that work that's that's what it sounds like he just said like, if I'm understanding him correctly, that's what he's referring to there. But, like, why? Mm. That's, that also answers a question that I posed earlier in relationship to nihilism and belief. It's like, well... It's always hilarious to me that this guy... Like, if you've ever looked at the lists of philosophers that he seems to be into... And then you like listen to his arguments and you're like, there's a part of you that is like, 
Is Jordan Peterson secretly a nihilist who's selling positivity to other people because he knows that it works? Like, because sometimes that's what it sounds like. Like, what kind of super positive, like, what kind of positive person lists Nietzsche as one of their fun? fundamental favorite as one of their favorite philosophers like when i read that about him i had to do a double take because my brain was like that doesn't read um because nietzsche was a dick i don't know if you've ever read nietzsche but like nietzsche hated poor people liked rich and powerful people which was ironic because he was neither of those things uh he was very undereducated poor uh, he wanted so much to be a big, strong man. Nietzsche wanted, I mean, this is actually what makes sense about Nietzsche with, with Jordan Peterson. But philosophically, Nietzsche was like, fuck people. Fuck the church. Fuck anything that's not power. I mean, fuck anything that isn't power to yourself. Nietzsche probably wouldn't have let people fuck with him is what i'm saying although nietzsche also might not have had much of a choice because nietzsche was not physically imposing um nietzsche wanted to be a soldier he wanted it so bad uh but when he joined the military the only job that he was physically fit enough to do was to drive around the corpse wagon well what should be foundational and the answer might be something like practice in developing the capacity for skilled movement forward in a manner that simultaneously encourages the others that you're cooperating with to do precisely the same thing and that's not some arbitrary ethos it's it's not arbitrary because if that doesn't happen then nothing flourishes okay so what i i know i think this is just him saying that like people being dicks is is good for society because it gets you to fall in line with other people. Uh, that's what it sounds like he's saying. And if it does happen, then everything flourishes. And it's not, it's also not relativistic in some sense because you have to do that no matter what you're doing. No matter what it is that you're doing, if you do that well, you're doing whatever it is you're doing well. Like, my problem here is just going to keep coming back to this. That, like, you can bond with people without this. You can bond with people without this. Like, the concept that this, con that this type of interaction with other human beings of, of hazing and mild bullying. Like, fuck it. Like, fuck it. You know what? I, I, like, what the fuck? It's not, it's not good for anything. It's just dickish. And it sets, it trains you to be a dick. Like it encourages, this type of system encourages things like abuse and being a dick. Why do you think hazing rituals at colleges and fucking uh, cheerleader squads and, and football teams occasionally get real, real fucked up? Is because if you have a person in your group who doesn't have a limit on how degrading something they are willing to do to another person is, if there's some, even worse, if there's some type of one-upmanship in coming up with more degrading ways to make fun of people, that shit can spiral 
wildly out of control. And like so many, so many universities and sports teams have gotten in trouble for it. And sometimes people have fucking died. So I just want to point out that that's the kind of shit Jordan Peterson right now is endorsing in this video. What the fuck does this have to do with the nobility of the working class? In fact, that's really in some sense how you would define well. And you know that's true. You know, you'll, you'll be at home and you'll maybe you get a plumber to come over or an electrician, somebody who's skilled in the, in the working class technical sense. And, and they do a good job. And that's a great relief, especially, let's say, if it's a plumbing problem, because you, you really need your plumbing fixed. It's not optional. Well, you know what the options are. <laughs> They're not great. And so it's really important to be a good plumber. And, and then you think, well, what makes a good plumber? And one is obviously technical skill. The, the man or the woman. How did we get to this point? Like, I'm maybe, maybe, maybe I'm I'm a little lost here. Like, what what is he actually trying? Like, because I got I just did that whole thing about his abuse and the to his endorsement of toxic culture. But like, as he's going on here, I am now less certain of what he, point he's trying to make. Um, maybe he'll bring it back around. Let's. Let's follow it, see where it goes. Generally, the man, when it's plumbing, knows what he's doing, and he does it efficiently. But that isn't all. If, if he's a really good plumber, well, he, he tells you what he's going to do, so he can, he can communicate what he's going to do. He can tell you, he can identify the problem. So he's a good diagnostician. He can tell you what he's going to do. He can tell you how much what he's going to do will cost you, then he does it. Then it—that's what it costs. Going to say this here, but being a direct and clear communicator, which is great, I love that, is pretty much the opposite of the behavior he was describing previously. Like that's—that's that's how to not be a dick. Now some people. I mean, you can take that to a point where you're too blunt and that's kind of being a dick. But like generally speaking, giving it to people straight implies the opposite of wanting to fuck with you. It is literally the opposite of fucking with you. I, I, don't, I don't... It's a... Let's see what he's... Maybe he just hasn't gotten to the point yet. Right, so there's an, there's an honesty in interpersonal transaction that goes along with the diagnostic accuracy and the skill, and that's reflective of a very deep ethical orientation. And so to be a really good plumber, then you have to be highly skilled, but you have to be a, a clear and honest communicator, and you have to play fair in the most fundamental sense. And if you, and then what? you might say he's got, imagine he has some employees with him, and you might also, maybe you're, deciding if you want to have the plumber come back if you have problems in the future. And so one of the things you're going to do is check out how he interacts with his subordinates and if he's someone who's teaching them, because you can watch that, and doing that in a fair manner and not talking down to them and not manipulating them and not tyrannizing over them, and is also able to do that in a manner that's sort of civilized so that you don't feel like it's an imposition what you're describing is the opposite of the behavior you were describing before. The literal opposite. These are these are literally the opposite things. Like I don't like what the fuck is happening. 
have them in your house because there's no psychological tension you know, surrounding the enterprise, then you think, well, he's a good boss and, and he's done a really credible job and he's very honest and reliable and he solved the problem and he did it on time. The worst thing at any job is a boss who fucks with you. That is the worst. And it's it like, honestly, that's that's like a big deal. Like most jobs I have ever worked at, bosses have rarely fucked with me. Like in that, that type of manner. I, I've, I don't, it is much more common for people who are not quote unquote my superiors to do that. If a boss fucks with you, quit that fucking job. I would. I, I, life is too short to work for people who fuck with you time and he didn't charge you any more than he had told you he would charge you and it was a fair price like that's pretty multi-dimensional space to manage simultaneously right that's a very sophisticated it's called giving people the facts it's it's an important thing but I don't, i'm not sure what is blowing his mind right here indicated mode of ethical conduct it can't be just reduced to being a good plumber in the technical sense it's 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 being a good person who happens to be a plumber. And th that is success in a microcosm that is truly reflective of society at a much broader level. And it's definitely the case. I think this is absolutely clear that the integrity of our society depends in no small part on the minority of people and often working class people who do that sort of thing exceptionally well, right? They're the people who keep, they build everything and they keep everything going. Okay, I, I agree with all that. This video is about to end, and I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. The video just ended! There was, there was... It... That's one of the things that's really characteristic. Nope. What the fuck? What the fuck? What, 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 okay. So I'm going to break down what just, what I just witnessed. So Jordan Peterson, he starts telling a story about how, when he worked, uh, in, in construction, uh, which a very masculine, a very masculine type of job. And also, uh, which is also, which also, you know, furthers the whole, like, he is a person who had to change himself to try and fit in with a masculine world, which he tries to constantly posture himself into, even though he is incredibly effeminate. By the way, nothing wrong with being effeminate. But when you try to repress and posture this much, it's gross. He doesn't really acknowledge his feminine side, even though it's so on the surface. He's just constantly posturing. And you know what? I think maybe that helps because... I think he essentially, like, in his pro-masculinity war, what he really does is he sells the idea of posturing masculinity and trying to stop being so effeminate. And he's also, like, you know, evidence that it doesn't work. That you can talk about being hard your whole life and people can still see the effeminate side of you that you are desperately trying to run away from. That is my opinion of you, Jordan Peterson, who is probably not listening. Oh, I really want to get on that list of his. But. <clears throat> so to recap what, what just happened in this video is he came out, he told his story about how like when he was 
when he worked a working class job, the people he worked with were fucking assholes. And he loved, and he said that was good, you know, like a fascist. And so they just would fuck with each other. And it was great for bonding. And then he goes about, somehow that all leads up to a conversation about the ethical and honorable goodness of like a, a great plumber. And then describes a bunch of behaviors that are the opposite of being an abusive dick. You could argue that it's being a blunt dick, depending on your you know, delivery. But typically, direct and honest is what you would want from a plumber. So I don't know why it's not what you would want from making friends. I don't. I'm not seeing the connection of how you're getting from this behavior to the opposite behavior, Jordan. Like, what the, what even was this speech? Jesus. Bizarre. Uh, that's not soy milk, by the way. That's 100% whole cow milk organic because for some reason uh not organic milk if i drink more than a little bit of it makes me want to puke don't know what that's about all right well this this was something this was what that something is honestly not sure wait a minute hold maybe maybe hold on. there's a caption where is it Okay, okay, let's see here. Here is this exclusive look at Jordan Jordan's Perth <laughs> Perth stop. Is that a word I'm not familiar with or is it a typo? Perth stop in the Beyond Order Tour. It looks like it's a typo. Uh Beyond Order Tour. No shade there, but you do have like six million subscribers, Jordan Peterson. Uh the best employees are bosses. The best employees or bosses are multidimensional. In other words, they have technical skills as much as social skills, social and negotiating skills. As a result, these traits improve overall life as much as they do work life. Having an emotion, the emotional barrier of being a dick isn't great for communication and it doesn't make you multidimensional. It makes you a dick. And some people are naturally dicks and other people are being dicks on purpose. And it's hard to tell which is which, to be honest. You can't assume that shit. But I, I, if, if reading that description clears up the premise in any way for me, I got to be honest, Jordan, what you, do you have friends? Do you have any friends? I'm asking you this is a serious question because I don't think you do. Like, I don't know if you actually are close with anyone. You've talked, you've even talked about how your wife makes fun of you. I think you're kind of a sub bitch, man. And I mean, a submissive bitch. And th this whole thing where you're posturing masculinity, it's fake. I don't think you're lying to the people, though, to be clear. I think you're lying to you. I think the whole reason that you believe that people should be talked out of their feminine sides is because you're 
desperately running from your feminine side. And if, and if like, uh, and you know, if you, if, if you're not running from your feminine side, Jordan Peterson, then I challenge you to a uh, mixed martial arts combat in the octagon. Well, maybe it won't be in the octagon. I think that's trademark, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think, I, I think I would fight. I think I would beat the hell out of you in a fight, man. And I don't challenge people to fights to be a dick, but like, you know, if you really got that sense of masculinity in you, then you won't be able to resist this challenge of violence. By the way, I don't think violence is good. But like I said, uh, I may have mentioned before, I am trained black belt. And I am prepared to fight you. Because I think it'll show up your uh, hypocrisy. But also... I am confident even with uh, having a replaced knee, which, you know, I'm giving you a step up there by telling you that weak point. I'm pretty sure I could take you. I think you're a lot taller than me, too, and I'm fairly confident I could take you. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed it, uh, please do like and subscribe or follow or whatever they call it, wherever you're getting this. And uh, also be sure to check out my uh, my uh, my YouTube channel now, where uh, where I'm putting slowly but surely building a channel there, putting up the content. Make sure you like and subscribe there. I'm starting to put making season based playlists. You know, at some point I'll chop up small clips and put them up there too. You know, I'm working on it like I'm working on myself. Every day. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Check that stuff out. Also, um, to promote this, I am in another uh, currently airing uh, fictional podcast here on Spotify, hopefully coming to YouTube at some point in the future, called uh, Total Nuisance. Uh, with Joe or the Joe Newsom show. Actually, what is the official title? Okay. All right. So, uh, like I was saying, I am currently involved with a cool audio podcast deal. Um, I personally am part of the Joe Newsom's podcast, um, airing here on Spotify. New episodes every Tuesday. Not exactly sure what time they drop that Tuesday, but new episodes every Tuesday. Um, it's a parody show. This is part of a special program with the uh, nonprofit Center for Applied Drama and Autism uh, in a special program called the Inclusive Chatter Network, which, uh, which is also uh, funded with some money from the Ohio Arts Council. And you can check out uh, the website Center for Applied Drama and Autism to learn more about uh, the organization. But uh, it also will be featuring shows like Hug and a Mug, which is an LGBTQIA plus uh, ensemble piece from Q Theater. A another podcast feature called Tool Training Workshop, uh, which is a workshop video series uh, taught by some uh, someone named Kathleen Thorpe, who apparently is an MFA candidate at Kent State University. Dinner with Sammy J, which is an absurdist, uh, an absurdist 
look at contemporary society. Um, autism and, uh, actually, I'm not sure if it, I think it's pronounced autism and, uh, is autism a neuro? Oh, it stands for a neurological disorder. It's a series of personal video essays by Vanquish Hudson about the axis of autism and other topics. And another podcast called Well, That's Awkward uh, is a podcast hosted by a former CADA student turned teacher, Jordan Yule, about facing the inevitable, uncomfortable moments of our lives so we may all feel less alone in awkward moments we face every day. And, so, and a show called The Phoenix King, which is an animated YouTube series, uh, which will have, I'm not sure if, we'll, we'll have the first episode uh, will appear on, I'm not sure how many episodes of that, but I know the first episode will premiere May 6th on the Inclusive Chatter Network. Um, so, so do check that out. It, uh, those shows are all on Spotify. Um, I mean, they haven't all premiered yet. But uh, do check that out. And to also check out the Center for Applied Drama and Autism. Oh, side note. Well, That's Awkward um, is hosted by uh, Jordan Ewell, uh, who, you may, who if you've been listening to me for a while, you may remember the, uh, the episode where I talked to him. Uh, very funny guy, comedian uh, currently living in Chicago. Uh, but the Inclusive Chatter Network is, is a program uh, to highlight uh, neurodiverse actors and creators. Uh, my program, uh, we bring on uh, various people to either who are neurodiverse or work have worked in the neurodiverse field. And uh, we, we put on a parody podcast, uh, making fun of, I, I don't think you have to think that too hard about who we're making fun of. The Joe, it's called the Joe Nuisance podcast. Um, but yeah, I hope you check that stuff out as well. All right. Thank you for listening. And this punch is for all the men whose minds you've brainwashed. And this is for your casual support of fascism. Oh, please, Batman, I've had enough. No. And this one is for the really bad therapy you gave Bruce Wayne. That guy's never going to get better now. Ah!